Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. This is episode 49 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl, all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by Wayne. Yeah, I think that list is getting a little bit longer every week. It is getting longer. I didn't add anything. we deal with besides Lost Girl. <laughs> right. But uh, tonight, we're record- tonight, today, we're right. recording this undercover. Undercover. This is a first for us. Yeah, uh, we okay. are recording from level two. <laughs> in an undisclosed location, and hopefully there will be no interruptions, but we can't promise that. Yeah, area 51. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah. And we'll we'll leave it at that. You can fill in the gaps in, in the... There's no way they'll be able to fill in the gaps. So just You can imaginatively fill in the gaps as to where we are, but we're actually in the same room, which is as it's an anomaly from the last couple of podcasts, so that's nice. We're in the same, oh, the same room together. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. All not right. the same room as we've been in, in the past. This is a completely new room. But I think the sound, it sounds so far in the playback, sounds sound pretty good. So, you know. So far, so good. Do it some more this way. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, we're going to, uh, because of time constraints, we, we won't be uh, probably providing you quite as lengthy a podcast today, but we say that now and we've probably said that before. Yeah. So this um, time we really mean it though. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, we were complaining about not much to watch over the summer and now we're complaining that there's too much to watch. Uh, you know, I know for me, once upon a time season three premiere and, and I liked it a lot. I know you don't watch it yet. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's a whole new environment, same characters. I'm really liking it a lot. Um, breaking bad, Series finale. Yeah, it was just this past. Was that this past Saturday? Was this it? this yeah. past uh, Sunday? Because I, I never watch anything when it's <laughs> on. But you know, just uh, without spoiling for anybody, uh, I was pretty satisfied with the ending. I mean, it's certainly not a lost type ending, uh, or even a fringe type ending. Um, but I was really satisfied so with it that. Is not is unambiguous. It is unambiguous. I mean, there is one. You know, plot detail that's left to you your imagination. Need a little bit because you never know, right? You never know if, you know, movie deals, spinoff, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things that I think people uh, nowadays are loath to completely tie off. Yeah. Like, you know, even Fringe, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever go back to Fringe, but they definitely left it open ended. So there are future possibilities of more Fringe. Yep. So what are you watching? On Saturday nights, um, Hell on Wheels, which is next week, is going to be its finale. I didn't this, know you watched that. You... Yeah, yeah, love that show. Oh, okay, that's, that's a really, really good show. Yeah, like my brother-in-law has been pushing that on me for a while, but yeah, and uh, you know, it's one of those shows that's just nothing good really ever happens, and when something good starts to happen to this guy, you just like ah, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be bad, okay. you know. You know, what we're talking about today, uh, the uh, Sleepy Hollow. What would you think of the revolution? Revolution was pretty good. What I didn't like was that someone in my house was watching something when Revolution was supposed to be taping. Or taping, yeah. How old am I? Uh, recording, <laughs> DVRing. And so and my DVR was also recording Arrow at the same time. So record Arrow 
and probably the good luck Charlie that my kids were watching and did not record Revolution. So I was quite put out by that. I was now, uh, have you seen it? Though, and I did, but okay. I had to watch it online, uh, and which meant I had to. There, actually, no, I watched it uh, on demand, but there was no forward, fast forwarding through the commercials on no. NBC. So, you know, it's really. I, I don't even know the last time I actually sat through three minutes worth of commercials. And you think, that's not so bad, three minutes of commercials, right? Oh, my God. It was just like this intolerable ordeal, like sitting there for three, not just being trapped, not being able to do anything, not not being able to move or go anywhere. It's just like, oh, is this is this what it was like back then? I don't remember, I guess, but this was must have been what it was like. I know, like. NCIS is the only show I watch live, so... Other than sports, and heck, on sports, you know, what I uh, typically do is when I'm watching it live, I hit the pause button, go do something, sure, and then come back and fast forward through the commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, but uh, yeah, the Revolution uh, season two beginning was, was pretty good. I actually, after watching it, thought I should go back and do a little season one uh, rewatch, and so I'm, I'm working my way back through season one slowly but surely. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's pretty good. Now, not my favorite show, I don't think. I don't know what it is about Revolution. I mean, I like it. I wouldn't say I love it. But, uh, you know, it's a good show. And the, the characters there are interesting. There's, you know, there's some great lines in season one as it's going through. Yeah. Um, and I don't want, you know, I, don't, I guess we shouldn't spoil on the. Nah, we won't on the, spoil. On but, the uh, season two. But there was a big shocking moment that almost had me saying, you know, if, if this situation continues and i will refuse to watch the show and then uh and then i which uh, and at the end all of a sudden like it was everything was better um i guess let's just say do sex machina yeah huge do sex machina but yeah i think it was kind of the point of you know with all the nanodes and everything that 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 was like the whole point of of what happened happening and i know this sounds very you know vague and (laughs) everything but uh but i was really upset you know, that was one of my favorite characters. Is still and uh, and, and I was, all right, I was you're upset, heading so. into spoiler, okay, spoiler, spoiler territory. So, okay. anyway, that being said, I liked it. Right. So I'm still waiting for um, you know Supernatural and and Arrow to start up again. Uh, the Agents of Shield was oh right, I forgot about that. Awesome, it was so good. Uh, but I think we're going to kind of tie that in with a future po- our next topic right we're going to okay. talk about the role of women in, in sci-fi and yeah. everything and so you know so we'll we'll save talking about agents of shield but agents of shield was was awesome right and we'll even you know table the you know the discussion of women you know ordinarily we might you know do a little you know five minute lead into the next podcast but we'll, we'll hold off on that and and i'll just say you know I, I i knew i would like agents of shield i just wasn't ready to like it as much as i did so yeah. uh, i was definitely pleasantly surprised well, about like, that. And like i said to you before you, know, you forget the difference between television and Joss Whedon television. Right, right. Like, he is so freaking head and shoulders above. Even, like, a show as good as Revolution, I think the writing really can't, isn't nowhere near on par with what you saw with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and right. just, truthfully, with any other Joss Whedon now, vehicle. to be fair, though, he because of the, the nature of the show, he has a little bit more leeway to get in his Dukovian comments and his, you know, cultural references that are, you know, that are... You know, tongue in cheek, but revolution—it's just—it's like falling skies. It's so dark you can't really 
Right, right. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I understand to yeah. some degree it's apples and oranges, but yeah. just like the... But still, they the, have to be clever lines. Writing is just so yeah. dead on, and, you know, the characters... Were well, just... hopefully enough fans will continue to realize the genius of Joss Whedon, and, and this show won't go the way, and I don't think it will, just I, because I can't it's... Yeah, yeah, just it's dealing with, like, you know, Marvel comics, right. and it's, you know, now, like, you know, he's got... I mean, he had clout before, but now he has mainstream clout that goes beyond just the people who like Joss Whedon stuff, now he's got all the people who saw the Avengers, which is a buttload of people, right? Right. And you know what? Maybe he'll take his gazillions that he's made from Marvel and bring back Dollhouse for season three. <laughs> or or uh, New Firefly or something. Right, New Firefly. Because on the, if we talked about this, um, in Defiance, the, uh, the guy who, uh, I can't remember this character's name, but he was like the mayor's kind of ex-boyfriend or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, that dude is like a dead ringer for Nathan Fillion. My, in fact, I was, it was when I was in Iowa this summer, I was watching it, and my sister was like, is that, is that the guy from Firefly? I'm like, no, but you'd think it is. I'm like, this guy would be a great Malcolm Reynolds. Yeah, you but, know? but like, Nathan Fillion said he'd do it. He, he, come on. But man. he's with Castle. Yeah, they're not doing that all year. He can, he can squeeze oh, he's, it. I think he's pretty busy with Castle. I don't, right, I don't think well, he would do it. Well, not that I've, of course I prefer Nathan Fillion, but you know. All right, so why don't we get to the main topic, which is to talk about the pilot episode of Sleepy Hollow, and uh, you know, I think it was you. I've, I've talked to you know between Michael and Jamie and and you know other friends of ours uh, that are into TV and podcasting, but I think it was you that asked the question about the show. Didn't these people go to high school? Didn't yeah. they pay attention in English class? Did they not read? I mean, there was even the freaking Disney movie that. You know, like Ichabod Crane shows up in Sleepy Hollow, New York, and uh, there's a headless horseman riding around, and no one even says, this seems vaguely familiar right. to me. I seem like I've heard of this before somehow, but... Right, so I mean, are we to then, this is some sort of alternate universe where Washington Irving never lived? He was, yeah, like maybe he, he died of tuberculosis when, as a child and never went on to, to write, you know... The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, I guess. And, and also Rip Van Winkle. So maybe, you know, are we going to see him later? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, loose, is it fair to say loosely based on the Washington Irving story? Loosely would be a loose term. I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, just barely based might be a better uh, way of going about it. All right. So jumping but, off. Jumping off. Point, a jumping yeah. off point. Right. right. Yeah. Ichabod Crane, who now is a spy for the British government who becomes, um, who then defects to, and he used defects. Was that a word back then? Probably not, but. Yeah, that's like, a, I mean, I know we use that for like, you know, in the Cold War and everything. Does, was that a word in, in revolutionary America? I'm to, you know, I would say not, but maybe, who knows? So anyway, um, so, you know, it, I'm used to like the, the, the guy from the Disney cartoon with the long neck and the overly large Adam's apple. Uh, so to see Ichabod as this kind of ass kicking action hero is a bit of a shock at first. Cause that's like the first thing we see of him. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but before we go to, you know, too far, uh, in terms of who created the show, Robert Orsi, Alex Kurtzman, who we know from fringe and, and, you know, they are big time names in, uh, the genre world just because of that. And so they're the, they also work on the Star Trek movies too. Right, right. right. And then Philip Iscove. And as far as I can determine, this is pretty much his first credit. And then Len Wiseman, who directed several of the underworld movies and, and the most recent total recall movie. So, 
you know, they've put together, I mean, what would you say, I mean, I was trying to come up with a label, I mean, that we can add to our intro because it's not really supernatural. I mean, it is. Well, I think it is now. I mean, I just watched episode three last night and episode three is very supernatural. Okay. Um, In fact, they do a lot of stuff that they do in the show Supernatural, like, you know, by, uh, you know, entering dreams and stuff. But you haven't seen it yet. No, not episode three. Yeah. So I think it's becoming increasingly supernatural monster of the weekish with episodes two and three, though we're not really talking about them, I guess. Right. But I would, that's what I would qualify it as. But that's not really obvious at first in the pilot, like, where they're going. But at the end, they do tie in the witchcraft. But then they also bring in the biblical stuff with the book of Revelation. So as far as classically difficult to define might be a way to okay. say it. But if I had to go with the term, I'd say supernatural. Okay. I mean, I, it, it had a few gothic elements. Yeah, which absolutely. Is why- Got my nails painted black today for the podcast. Yeah, I saw that. I was yeah. wondering why you did that. Um, and the I eyeliner. thought you just hit yourself with a hammer a okay, lot of times. Well, I thought you'd notice the eyeliner, but... Uh, um, it just looked like you were tired. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, with the creators that we've got on board, it's, it's got some promise. Um, now, the actors, I mean, other than Orlando Jones, who plays Captain Frank Irving, um, and, and I'm not sure I've ever seen him in anything serious, and I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around... <laughs> Orlando Jones. It's, it's three episodes in, and I, I have to agree with you. It's difficult to see him in a serious role, uh, especially with what I mean. He is the make seven up yours guy, right? Yeah, he was yeah. the original yeah. make yeah. seven up yours, and um, so it's you know which were those commercials were freaking hilarious. Um, he's very funny. He is very funny. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As far as the, uh, and he's always like he's a very permissive. You know, well, he's like, like the badass captain that lets, lets his whatever. lieutenant get, do yeah. whatever she wants. <laughs> ah, you want to take this guy who we think is crazy out on the case? Ah, what the hell? Right. Let's um, go for it. But uh, the main actor, Tom Meissen, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who plays the main character, Ichabod, is you know an English theater actor, and, and this is really one of his first big breaks, and he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Um, uh, definitely, I think he's kind of... The, the girl who plays Abigail is, is awesome as well, but he's really the, the, the center of the show. I think he's really... Is, is going to make him break this show is people who like his character and like him as an actor, I think. Right. I mean, he's, you know, he's got the hair, he's got the looks, he's got the... He needs to lose, though, the revolutionary period <laughs> he's still, clothing. third episode in, he is still wandering around in that stuff. And I'm like, does... It, it, again... Is there no J. Crew in no town? One's, I mean, no one's saying anything. No one's like, dude, what's with the getup, man? <laughs> like, what, is it Halloween already? Yeah, you're, it's, you're it's doing fun. an Adam Ant... Uh, yeah, right, Adam Ant. Nice. Yeah, so... Good to... Uh, Goody, but, but he's goody, awesome. Now, uh, Nicole Bahari, and again, I'm not even probably close on the pronunciation, who plays Lieutenant Abby Mills. Um, and, and what I, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm like, she looks familiar, but I can't place it. Uh, she played Jackie Robinson's wife in 42. Ah, okay. And you saw that, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I just yeah. saw it a couple, months, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and, she, and she was excellent. In yeah, that. she's fantastic in yeah. 42. That was a great movie. Um, yeah, yeah, she did look familiar. So I guess that's right. It. So the, it's, so the chemistry between the two of them is, is I think, just really outstanding. And and, and you know, I mean, look, are, are we going to have some sort of romantic entanglement somewhere down the road? Who knows? And and you know, I'm way past saying, oh, I hope not. That would ruin the show because I don't believe that. But right now, it's just on screen chemistry is great. Yeah, you're such a shipper, man. Yeah, I, know, I know. I know you're hoping for it. I know you're hoping well, for it. but and and there are hints of it. Uh, 
you know, is as far as the most recent episode, um, you get more and more hints of it and certainly their relationship becoming a, a deeper relationship and everything. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely, I would not at all rule out the possibility of, of romance between, uh, Abby and Ichabod though, of course his wife is still kind of in the picture though, you know, yes, like it's is. part of the problem. And, uh, and also I think really they're, they're kind of making them out right now to be buddies. They're definitely not right focusing they're focusing more on them being platonic friends rather than romantic interests right and but i'm just saying the chemistry there oh yeah no no question that's what i'm saying i'm I'm not ruling it out right now katrina you mentioned katrina and i forgot to write down the actress's name but you know what we've seen of her who i get and i guess the idea and i really like this as a plot detail the trapped between worlds kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and you know, I, I think somewhere down the road, whether this season, next season, she'll come from their, her world or he'll go to her world or something. Yeah, but, he, he, had, did, he did, didn't he? Um, did, well, I mean, he's, I I mean, he's talking to her through the, you know. Right. I, okay, maybe it's, well, you saw the second episode, right? I saw the second, but, but I don't recall them. Yeah, I, I thought that some, uh, whatever. But, right. but clearly, yeah, there's going to be action on both right. worlds, crossing over, no question about it. And then it. quickly becoming, he's, try, he's trying to keep pace with Brian Markinson and Roger Cross in, in the genre world, and that would be John Cho, who seems to be turning up in everything. Uh, and, you know, in, yeah, he's, he's not in it a lot, but... Uh, yeah, and then, he's always going to be Harold to me, though. Yeah, and, and I didn't see that. But <laughs> oh, that, that, uh, the, the I only saw the first one; and it was hilarious. I don't know about the other two. All right, but it airs on Fox Monday nights at nine o'clock, and uh, the pilot was on September sixteenth, twenty thirteen. Okay, so uh, the show opens you know, across the screen. Hudson Valley, New York, seventeen eighty one. You know, immediately has my attention. Revolutionary War skirmish. And we've got Ichabod Crane looking at the hands of the fallen. So, you know, we, we know, you know, again, we've seen this before. We're not sure what he's looking for, but, right. you know, some Classic, sort of a mark. Yeah, you know, and Medius race beginning, just drop us right in the middle of it. And, you know, uh, we'll figure it out as the series goes on and the writers figure out what they mean by all this stuff. Right. Oh, <laughs> that didn't sound like you liked it. What? No, no, I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, like I know, like I remember like uh, hearing the, oh God, I keep saying like, damn it, uh, with 24, right? The, the episode 24, uh, I, I can't remember who, I guess Keith, oh, there's, I think it was Kiefer Sutherland they were talking to and they were like, so how, how much of a season do you plan out? And they're like, well, the first like four or five episodes we got planned out pretty well, but after that, it's just kind of like, see what happens. As it goes along. So I always wonder when you have especially long series, um, like how much of it is this story arc was pre-planned and how much of it is, okay, you know, just kind of, especially Lost, you really got that feeling with Lost, like, as we're just kind of making this up as we go along. And, and so when, at the end, they were completely unable to reconcile everything because they'd just been kind of adding stuff on. Yeah. And so they just said, oh, well, they're all dead. Yeah, see, I guess I think I drank more of the Kool Aid than you did for Lost. Yeah, um, but you know, like you said, I love how we're dropped in the middle of this battle, and we we get the stage somewhat set right. So we see this like, I mean, he might as well have been wearing a hockey mask. You know, the, yeah. the, the one horseman who comes running through. Right, right. Well, and, yeah, he did. It was kind of a hockey mask. It was this yeah. metal thing. Like, why? Why would you wear? Uh, right. So, yeah. so you know, maybe somewhere down the road we'll learn. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I assume we will. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he cuts Ichabod Crane with his saber, and then of course Crane cuts his head off. You know, we presume uh, they both die. 
right? Because they're both lying well, there. Fade out, right. And, right. And and we see, you know, that scene of the the blood kind of like these streams of blood. Yeah, the, the blood commingling. I yeah, like, wonder was, if that uh, was beyond just symbolic yeah and i think i'm higher on this show than you are but that was one of the uh one of my nitpicks there i you know it, it just looked really fake oh the totally fake. <laughs> yeah. but i mean i get like yeah uh, i mean i just wonder what the I, I don't think it's very that much symbolic at all like to see like they're brothers or something like that so maybe it is symbolism in that way but I mean, obviously that's something down the line or maybe because their blood mingled there's some bond between them now a la harry potter and voldemort like you know who yeah. knows all right so we fast forward ahead we're in like some you know underground cavern or cave and we, and we see this ichabod crane who's clearly now alive rising from his grave and he finds himself in present day new york and and you know i really like you know the the, the verification that we have is when he's like kneeling down and we can see the the center stripes on the highway right you know and he's like touching the asphalt and and you know yeah well and there's like a little hint when there's like he walks out of the stream and it's an actual like dam like a modern like, right. construction and everything yeah but for those of you who didn't pick up on that detail yeah. then the one where he sees the highway with the stripes down the line is and then when he's almost hit by a truck then yes. we are totally confirmed that he is officially a fish out of water yes and then uh, did you catch the music playing in the background uh, sympathy for the sympathy devil. Sympathy right? for the devil. Yeah. Yes, and for our younger listeners, Google it and you know get some background on it. Go get uh, Rolling Stones. Hot Rocks is a good double CD compilation that will give you a good basic uh, instruction on yeah. on this. But also, like, don't listen to anything for the Stones after that because right. they're they're crap now. Right, and the Altamont Festival. If you ever saw that movie. Um, Right. You ever see that? You- no, I, I mean I know what you're talking about, okay. but I haven't seen the movie. All right, so uh, all right, so we 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 you know cut to and we're kind of introduced to the police and the uh, sheriff. He wasn't lost, right? He was the one down in the hatch when Desmond, I think, first went down there. Okay, I, I mean he, I he totally looked familiar. Yeah. And I just trusted that you would look it up and figure out who he yeah, was. And, and I wonder if we're going to continue to see him in flashbacks, because I really like yeah, him. Yeah, so okay. far, we, we have, even through uh, the third episode, we're still seeing him in flashbacks. So, If nothing else, on the previously on Sleepy Hollow part. You know? Right, right. So, uh, you know, so they're responding to a disturbance at a farm, and, you know, they find, you know, the decapitated head of the farmer, and that's kind of a little tip-off that maybe something's not, not right and we see the headless horseman, full revolutionary uniform, decapitating the sheriff. And then... Uh, right. Well, which goes to show that if you shoot someone a bunch of times, and they actually, if someone just doesn't have a head and is coming at you, this is reason for pause. You might... Well, not pause. It's reason to run, get out of there. But also, should you shoot that person and it doesn't stop them, uh, don't stand up against the door. Open the door, run out of it, and get the heck out of there because you are out of your depth you're dealing with something beyond your scope and uh you should not hang around to find out right now i think we were talking about this i think at lunch one day about you know then john cho you know he's responding to the call and it is police cruiser and he encounters ichabod crane in the street right and then he must stop and arrest him i don't think we see that but he arrests him and then uh we got crane then in the interrogation room and, you know, that bald guy, again, he's, I forget his name, the actor's name, but you see him in a lot of things. Right. Um, and, you know, at first I'm thinking like, well, you know what? 
he's he's buying you know just okay ichabod crane passes the lie detector test yeah aces it no problems yeah um and he he tells him that uh you know all right well the good news is uh you know you're you're here like 250 years uh late but uh, the good news is you won the war (laughs) and is he just playing with them i mean i guess that's what you have to as opposed to accepting the story right i clearly he doesn't accept the story i just assume it's yeah, like you said, toying with them a little bit, but also since he passed the lie detector test, uh, this guy is the, the the police obviously fear this guy is crazy and completely believes that he is from the Revolutionary War. Right. So to talk to him in this context, but it's really funny because uh, Ichabod doesn't see the irony in, in in the statements. Right now, you know, I guess looking at the overarching storyline in the pilot, so so we find out that that the sheriff has been investigating uh, unexplained killings that have been taking place in Sleepy Hollow for the past several hundred years. Right, like you know, guys falling asleep for thirty years and stuff like that. And <laughs> no, but I, I, again, Sleepy Hollow, New York, a bunch of things happening. Okay, crack open the book, people. All right, well, I guess we're going to just have to, have to go there. But but he's got them all locked up in this, you know, secret case or, right. or whatever, so that you know the, the implication is that I, I guess he would be perceived as a nut for pursuing cases that you know, really didn't seem to have much relevance. Right, and he's the one who convinces Abby to, or is, or is that the second one where we learn about Abby nah, and what okay. she, her sister saw? You know, basically, uh, Abby is involved in a supernatural phenomenon. No, we learned about that in the pilot, I don't think right? we said we're necessarily limiting ourselves to the pilot. Right, right. Okay. Um, and and he's the one who tells her to kind of like, you know, keep it under wraps, which Abby, we learned in the third episode, has, you know, kind of figured it out for herself from an early age that to, not to talk about what she and her sister saw. Right. And, and, you know, so, so even that it's, it's, you know, and we get the backstory. And again, I think this is in the second episode, we get the backstory of how the sheriff and Abby, uh, you know, basically hooked up, right. He was going to arrest her. Right. And then he gave her a chance and yeah, not hooked, not hooked up, hooked not up, hooked up, like, hooked how up they, right. How they, how they how met, they, how they met. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because he's he's clearly a father figure. Yeah, and she says it's a really great line actually that I love. She said, um, you know, he he sits her down in, in the diner and says, "Make your decision now: either straighten up or I take you to jail." And she says, "Well, that's in that ten minutes, I got more fathering than I'd got my entire life." Right, right. it's a really spectacular line, and and uh, gives you also a reason why she is so because we we kind of get it in the pilot why she is so determined to find the killer uh, of the sheriff. Um, and uh, and so we learn that it's, it's more than just uh, that you know, relation, which we suspected, but we get that in the, in the next right, episode. Right, but the problem is she's faced with such horrific circumstances, you know, with these, you know, decapitations and, and you know, then yeah. there's, there's the and thing about they, the wounds being cauterized because of the axe being heated to, what was it, 500 yeah, degrees really or whatever. Yeah, really hot, hot axe. Like. You know, but the other thing that, that we didn't mention yet is that, you know, her character as the show opens – She's planning to leave Sleepy Hollow to join a program with the FBI at Quantico. Very yeah. prestigious. Uh, why do they bother doing these tropes, man? Like, yeah, because just, that's what Scully did. <laughs> I know, but it's like 
the minute they say, "Oh, so you're leaving this," like, no, she's not leaving. Of course, she's not leaving. Why? Why go? Why put us through this? Because we all know she's going to stay. Something's going to happen. She's going to stay. Well, then you know. Then I'm thinking probably that well, the, the sheriff's going to die, right? It's because something dramatic needs to happen, yep. and this is the person she seems to care for a lot. So you know, if something bad happens to him, or if he turns out to be the bad guy, then that will be what you know convinces her to stay, or if she meets a very dashing, handsome Englishman, right? Um, or all three. Yeah. So regardless, you know the, that she makes a point that you know, hey, now that all this is going on, you know, I'm staying. Right. And there's that that confrontational scene with uh, the captain who who's basically now trying to get her to leave things alone. You know, it's almost weird that he doesn't want her to pursue the case. And, you know, and, and yeah, his, his character is, is weird and inconsistent. Well, I guess you understand. It's like, you know, I think he even says and I'm paraphrasing. OK, so let me get this straight. You're going to put in re- your report that a guy without a head came down the street and, you know, did such and such. Okay, you know what that's going to do to your career, right? Right. And she doesn't care because of her past, right? So we, you know, we learn that you know the incident with her sister and the four white trees, and you know we learn that her sister is, I guess she's in a mental institution as opposed to a criminal facility. Right. She, she's in a, a mental institution. We learn in in the the third episode. Yeah, just last night I saw that uh, her sister. Got locked up for stealing sporting equipment. No, 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 no. no it's, it's not really okay. sport. Okay, that's but not, survival that's not gear bad. was what because she thought there was an apocalypse coming. Okay, so uh, so instead of you know her getting a slap on the wrist in community service, she gets locked up in a mental institution. All right. So Abby, you know, I mean, she's willing to. It's not so much that she believes Crane; it's that she's got no other choice. You know, it's almost like, look, I'm willing to hear what you've got to say. So she springs him, which okay, okay, we'll 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 buy that for now. You know that that uh, you know you're going to uh, go against everything your captain told you to do or not do. So so she springs him, and basically, you know, but he, we're barely buying it. We're barely buying. <laughs> yeah, it. I just okay. whenever you find yourself saying really, then you know that's an issue. Right. We understand that she's super motivated. She's wants to do whatever she can follow whatever lead to track down the guy who, who killed the sheriff. But on the other hand, the part of me watching this is saying, mm, that is kind of implausible. Okay. And, and you know, again, and we've talked about this because we've, we've looked at so many pilots. She tells him, all right, you take me to where it is that you claim you woke up. And as they're going there, we go by the Catholic church and you see that priest that's standing there. And clearly there's that recognition Right. You know, on the priest's part. And I can't remember if Crane sees the priest. I think he does. I, I think they see each other. I think they see each other. Certainly a, the priest does a what the kind right. of. Right. And, you know, we like. know right away it's like, okay, I bet this guy's been the priest at this parish for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Dude, you look good for your age. Uh, you um, look good for 200-some years. So he, he takes her to the cave, and, you know, I mean, again, you talk about tropes. He finds the Bible, starts pushing the dirt off the Bible, and uh, and that's okay because, I mean, I guess in, in the end we hear from Katrina, that's what, you know, that was how she cast the spell or, you know, whatever that, that uh, kept him there. Yeah, George Washington's Bible, right? Like, George Washington's man, Bible, yes. You get a pretty penny for that on eBay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and if they didn't need to defeat evil with it, they could so, make a ton of cash. Right. So the, so the passage of Revelations is marked. And there before me stood a white horse, and its rider held a bow, and his name was Death. And then a voice like thunder said, come and see. And, you know, we're introduced to the whole concept of the four horsemen uh, of the apocalypse. And yeah, you know, not, say, the, not the Notre Dame backfield of the 1920s. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you know, say what you will about the Bible and Christianity. I know not everyone's up on it, but, you know, Luke could write, man. Yeah. And the book of Revelations is, man, that's creepy. Just like what you said, that's just, uh, that just sends chills up your spine when you read that stuff. Yep. You know, so he, he starts telling her the story, you know, remembering that final battle. Washington had tasked him to kill the master. Was it John? Oh, who wrote what? Revelations? Luke, I'm pretty sure. All right. God, that should have been. I should but, have looked uh, that up. Oh, well. So yeah, I apologize. So we, were learn, we learn that the headless horseman is death himself and has returned to Sleepy Hollow to finish what he started. And then he comes, the horseman comes for the priest who says, I'll never tell you where it is. So not sure yet what. The horseman's looking for. Yeah, clearly his uh, original press uh, release of Purple Rain, I think. Okay. Is, uh, um, so, <laughs> so I guess he's coming to look for his head, right? Yeah, that's what we learned. Right, which is buried in his wife's grave. And, and you know, you, you know, you mentioned you know a few minutes ago when we were talking about the wife's trapped in her world, and I was saying how they're going to have to probably go into each other's world. I mean, sure, certainly she can communicate with him at first through his dream, Right. Right. And then I guess through the mirror or through the mirror, yeah, yeah. Whatever. What's the deal with the bird? I guess the bird keeps leading him. Yeah. You know, he follows the right. bird and the bird sits yeah. on her gravestone yes. and then Well yeah, yeah, because she's like she's the bird, right? I think. Like like it's like her somehow she is the bird or the bird's connected to her. Okay. Now do we find that out or that you're just speculating? I, I think we find that out. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. Um and you know, we find out on her gravestone that she was burned at the stake as a witch. Yes, Which, apparently. And, you know, of course, of course, he's somewhat horrified. And we find out, well, she was a witch, that yeah. there were two covens, the good witches yes. and the bad witches. And she was, of course, among the good. But that, you know, that that that's you go, or Michelle Lavrella should be suing for, uh, you know, copyright. Uh, yeah, she probably stole it from somebody that else anyway. Um, or not. From George Lucas. Yeah, from George Lucas. There you go. All right. So. You know, we mentioned the files already. Um, you know, she finds them in, in uh, Corbin's office. And, and uh, you know, that they're, like we said, they're two different covens representing good and evil and then spread out along the East Coast to avoid detection. So there's, there's a lot of witches, I guess, presumably up and down the East Coast. And I assume they'll probably work their way into the plot line at some point. Um, and, you know, when we find out, you know, the whole thing about the, uh, the four white trees that we see that that she finds. There's also a case from 1882, and a farmer who says he saw the same thing. So, yeah, which yeah, which then the sheriff was tracking down all these weird sightings and everything. And so, uh, yeah, it's this whole supernatural element that uh, is kicking in here. That's uh, as further episodes are proved, it's going to kind of be the the central kind of running idea of the show is is this crazy supernatural stuff happening yeah um you know it'll be interesting to see it, that ichabod crane has seemed to adapt to the 21st century rather quickly yeah well that's i, I love the scene in the beginning of the second episode where uh you know he's all bent out of shape because he doesn't like being kept in he's he's no longer locked up but he's still under like not arrest but he's staying in the hotel room and the police are keeping an eye on him and so Abigail comes to, to pick him up and he's all bent out of shape. She says, 
I got some donut holes for you. He's like, I don't want these donut holes. And then as she keeps talking, he tries to like, he's like, mm. yeah. <laughs> and then they're in the car later. He looks at the receipt and he goes crazy. He's like, you paid what? 10% tax for these. Right. Yeah, we went to war over 2%. Right. And it's just, great like uh, the tie-ins with it oh no and then one scene early i think it was in the first episode when he keeps pushing the the electric window in the car up and down up and down (laughs) and she locks it you know like you'd have to do to a little kid yeah exactly yeah and there's all these fish out of the water things and in the third episode he gets the the remote mixed up on the on a like the the vcr and so she has to come and grab it from him and turn it off you know she looks like again like a a parent Mm -hmm. uh you know, scolding a child. So yeah, all this whole fish out of water stuff and someone from the past all of a sudden finds himself in the 21st century. Uh, we've we kind of seen it before, but it still doesn't mean we don't enjoy it. Right. And, you know, I mean, at the end, I mean, I, I really liked the first two episodes. I mean, I, I certainly like it enough to keep coming back. And, you, you know, you've watched the third episode. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they have a 13 episode order or or a longer order. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I just assume that since it starts in September, that mm-hmm. the intention is that For a full it'll season, be a full 20-some 20 20 episode season, mm-hmm. you know, incumbent upon how well it performs, will it get past, will they order another, you know, 13, 10 episodes, whatever, however many. So uh, I, I assume with the, the guys that they have there that, that Fox would have made that commitment of, at least 13 episodes because I can't imagine these guys taking on a project as busy as they are to take on a project like this unless there's going to be some kind of commitment by Fox. Yeah, and it's it's hard to know. I mean, you know, that the, there are a lot of these genres type shows. You know, again, this is sort of a reaction to the success of Once Upon a Time, you know, and and Grimm. Yeah, you know, I, perhaps I even so. more I, so to Grimm. Yeah, it seems like, it's, again, just having seen the pilot for Grimm and not having seen Once Upon a Time at all, but from what I know of it and seeing like the commercials on TV, like, yeah, it definitely seems like it's in line with those shows. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, there, I mean, there's only so, so many hours in a day that we can watch stuff. Although again, if they start paying more attention to the, the, the DVR numbers and the plus seven numbers, and, you know, I think they're already starting to pay more attention to the, the plus three numbers. So yeah. And to see like how things are, are doing on Twitter. So, you know, like if, I'm, I'm sure it has like some kind of hashtag at the beginning. I don't even really understand how Twitter works, honestly. But I, I know that when they show the hashtag at the beginning, the 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 show you're supposed to quickly go to it to show that you're watching it and everything, or that you're following it and all this stuff. And I think they are taking that stuff into consideration because let's face it. I mean, nowadays it's not just the the numbers itself. Okay, so so just. Before we get on our little discussion here that, that you, you naturally led me into, which is the whole live tweeting thing. Um, so so we both pretty much fair to say we both liked it. Yes. Okay. And yeah, then, definitely. But yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I, I watched like now it's it's a show where I'm like, I want to watch it the night it's on rather than some shows I can wait. Eh, you know, like I'll wait a couple of days. But, uh, you know, that's a show that I kind of want to see. All right. It's definitely you have to watch it in the dark. Watch it at night. All right. So yeah. It's, it's, it's got there's a big spooky creepy factor to a huge especially episodes two and three really get uh with creepy creatures and everything and it's uh you know i i I like where it's going i think it's got a lot of potential the only downside i say is i'm concerned that it's on Fox and it'll get canceled. Just exactly, basically. 
that it's it's a genre show about like supernatural stuff and that it's too you know it's it's not it's not uh, i mean it is mainstream but it's it's not like your normal television show and it's very strange there's all kinds of unexplained things and um you know, American audiences notoriously are not hip to the unexplained. Right. I mean, it is a police procedural to a certain extent, but like you said, it's got so many supernatural elements that, so, you know, so we'll see. All right. So we'll see. Live tweeting. I don't, okay. I know you don't tweet and I barely tweet, but I just don't get the whole live tweeting trend. I mean, you know, I have enough trouble watching a show and picking up all the nuances when I'm not doing anything else. I mean, you know, it's like when we, we prepare for a podcast and we're watching something and taking notes, you know, it's, it's really difficult. I mean, that's one of the big challenges about TV talk. Yeah. I think part of it is the idea of like, if you're sitting in a room with your buddies watching a television show or something that, well, actually, if you're in a room with your buddies, no one's going to talk. You're just going to watch the show, well, and then you know, probably during the commercials, you might talk. So I, I guess not having done it, I really can't say. But I, I imagine that the, the draw to it is that you feel connected to a community as you watch it instead of just being sitting then, alone in your house. Yeah, but then you miss. I mean, it's like, it's like that's why I hate Super Bowl parties. It's like, I want to watch the game. Right. You know, if I wanted to right. just party, let's just have a party. And it's why I want to watch, you know, the Ravens games. It's why I don't want to go over, you know, to somebody's house. I want to, yeah. you know, I just want to focus on it. Yeah, but you know? sometimes it's nice to, like, yeah, be with a bunch of other uh, fans I in the know. room and, you know, to have people to high-five yeah, and hug true. and stuff like that. Now, I do find it mildly entertaining when, you know, I know the Continuum actors were big on doing the live tweet. And I guess what I always found fascinating about that is that for the, for just about all of them, it was the first time that they'd even seen the show. Right, right. You know, um, yeah, they filmed it; they hadn't seen the, the final product yet. That's interesting, but uh, you know, but but to get back to your question about the hashtag, one thing I did notice: the Sleepy Hollow hashtag for some reason is a lowercase s. Now I'm not mm. sure who assigns mm. hashtags and yeah. all that. Maybe um, the state of Washington Irving has already got on. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's the thing about Washington Irving. I mean, obviously, we both have literature backgrounds and uh, are, are really into the genre stories even before they became TV shows. And, you know, I mean, Washington Irving, I mean, there's a lot of source material there that, that they could even stick with it. Sure. And, and, and I know there have been adaptations of – uh, Ichabod Crane, but right, that's what I was wondering if they're going to end up. Are we going to see other people from Washington Irving's literary universe? Are, are they going to start populating this show as well? Yeah, Who and, knows? and I mean that's certainly what Once Upon a Time is doing. We will see. Uh, Peter Pan showed up in the uh, season three premiere. Really? Yeah. Well, they're in Neverland now. So, uh, all right. Well, anything else? Huh? I think that's about it. Yeah, this is going to be uh, perhaps the shortest podcast we've ever recorded. No, but long, Yeah, certainly in a long time. But the challenges were great this week, and as it turned out, this went a lot more smoothly than I yeah. thought it would. Yeah, yeah, it went, um, went, went along pretty well. Right, and uh, the uh, yeah. sound quality we'll see. Um, hopefully it's probably not up to our high standards, but uh, still pretty good. Yeah, maybe not bad. All maybe right. Not bad. I do want to give it a shot because actually, um, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily – huge into like a ton of other podcasts because um i have a couple that i listen to but as we said you know shows like fringe going down and 
um, not really being able to listen to the Revolution podcast anymore. Uh, though I should pick up the TV Talk Revolution. Maybe that would be good to listen to. But uh, so I found one the other day because my neighbor, his brother, has a podcast out in Oregon. Um, and I started listening to it just because I was like, curious just to see uh, what what the hell and it's actually pretty fun like so i'm going to give a, a plug for the uh, the podcast cast with seth milstein and uh it's uh, seth and his buddy dylan on the show talking about other podcasts and okay. they have like guests on comedians from the uh, oregon and uh guys have bands there and everything so it's pretty funny and uh I like listen to it and make, get some ideas from some other podcasts to listen to I, as well. well you know what i i went and you know because you told me about that before and i went and searched for it I guess I misunderstood you. I thought you told me they only had like two episodes and, and mm-hmm. I found that Seth Milstein and I'm like, Oh no, this guy has way too many. This must not be the, this must be the wrong one. So, all right. So I still yeah. haven't, no, heard he's, it. he's got a bunch. Okay. I, I've just, uh, I just downloaded like the first four just okay. to see what it was like. Cause I wasn't sure whether it'd be any good or not. And so then I, I actually subscribed to it cause I, was, I really started liking getting into it. So, okay. So I'll definitely check that out. All right. So what, what are we going to do next time? We're going to take a look at agents of shield. Um, yeah. Are we going to, do it via the controversy with Star Trek, or is that going to be a separate Oh, right, right, right. We're going to, yeah. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to look at, I mean, we, we did the episode where we talked about our favorite uh, genre actresses. And, you know, we've, we've talked about our favorite, you know, female characters in the field. And we talked about our favorite actresses. But basically what we're going to talk about is the role of women. And then obviously that'll naturally, you know, bring about different characters. And I think what brought it to mind for us uh, it was a little bit of the controversy surrounding Star Trek Into Darkness and, and the role that women play in that film. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then, you know, just, you know, whatever we... Right, and, and you know, discussing that, then we realized that kind of like the opposite of that is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which yeah. has a lot of strong female characters in it and so would maybe kind of be the counterpoint to what we're going to talk about with Star Trek. Right, but, and, and, and right. And, uh, but you start thinking about, I, th- I think, and I don't, you know, we haven't really sat down to do our research yet, but you start thinking about a lot of these genre shows and, you know, women are depicted, I think, in strong roles and, and the, you know, the non-traditional roles that, that I think the, the, you know, the people that have a, a difficult time with, what happened in Star Trek Into Darkness. But, you know, we'll, we'll hold that for the discussion. Yep. And uh, anyway, so you can drop us a line, fatalistpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the website, fatalist.podbean.com, where you can leave us a voicemail. And you can check us out on Facebook, although we haven't been updating that a whole lot lately. Uh, been using Twitter just to kind of... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the, uh, uh, Twitter, we're, we're just trying to get a tweet a day or so to let you guys know what we're... Uh, planning, you know, whether it's been recorded, when it's going to be recorded, and you can hopefully continue to access us through iTunes. So until next time, keep your heads, people.